Hi, and welcome to the Adventure Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Lucas, and in this podcast, we talk with Ed Malcolm and discuss a broad range of topics from travel to dining to business advice and more. We will also be sitting down with special guests who have expertise in all walks of life to provide insight and perspective in areas we are passionate about. We hope you enjoy and come along for an exciting adventure. Ed, how are you doing today? Doing well, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, awesome. Good to hear it. So why do you like traveling? Why do you think that that's a passion for yourself and when did that develop? You know, I grew up in a family that did a reasonable amount of travel, but it was all in a uh, in a tent trailer uh, around Western Canada, a little bit into the Western U.S., but I didn't do any international travel with my parents. It just wasn't, you know, economically viable at the time. So it was around 2005 on business when I got into traveling uh, to Europe and really opened my eyes to the, the beauty of the world and travel internationally wasn't as difficult as, as maybe I thought it was sitting on a plane for eight or 10 hours. And it's funny now that my kids look back and they've traveled internationally a lot, so they've been very fortunate and it's been a great experience for them, but they almost feel deprived that they have that had that camping experience. So I, uh, I get the gears from them every now and then, but you know, I love the diversity of different cultures, topography, the way people live around the world. I believe that travel broadens our perspective and appreciation for other countries, the people. And, and you know, it really makes me wonder why we have uh, wars these days when you see the warmth of the people around the world. It's kind of mind-boggling that we have those sort of things still going on that we're experiencing in uh, the Ukraine right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, for the most part, we are more similar than we are different. And that's in all corners of the globe. Um, and speaking of all corners of the globe, how many countries do you think you've traveled to at this point in time? Well, I've got this app called Bean, B-E-E-N, and uh, it's really, really quite easy. You just click on the countries you've been to. So I've been, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've been to 45 countries, um, which is roughly 25% of the 196 countries in the world. My lifetime target is, is 100 countries. I guess the stretch goal would be 196 countries, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that down the road on our Health and Wellness podcast to see if I can live long enough to do that. So um, unfortunately, it's taken a bit of a hit over the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. we just got back from a trip to, to Europe where we were in France and Monaco, which we've never been to, and Italy, and uh, you know, looking at another trip in the fall here. So uh, just, just love getting to different countries and seeing the, the differences and, and the similarities. Monaco, we, we had talked about this before, um, but Monaco was the first time for you, correct? Yeah. And what was the reason that you were there? And we were there for the uh, F1, and it, it's interesting because it was quite the experience. Not a good place to watch the race because it's a, it's a tight track and uh, in a hilly city, but it was a lot of fun uh, being there for that. I'd love to go back to Monaco and experience it when it's not the F1, when you can actually move around and, and see more of the, the city because it is a unique, uh, I call it a city, it's a city slash a country, but it would be great to go back and, and experience the full Monaco uh, vibe. Mm-hmm. So with being in 45 different countries to date, now does that include Canada or is that? Includes Canada. Okay. Canada's a country. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> so with those 45 countries, do you think that you could pick out a favorite or maybe a top two? You know, it's a question that I, that I get all the time and it's a difficult question to ask. One of the things I look at is when I go to a country, what were my expectations? Like, was it going to be, you know, kind of a seven out of 10 and then you get there and you go, oh my God, that was uh, way better than I expected. So the three that immediately jump out to me would be um, Iceland. It kind of feels like you're on the moon and it's hard to describe. And I know I know you've been there, so I'm curious to get to 
get your thoughts on it because it's not high on a lot of people's radar screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, I, I think it feels otherworldly being there. Geography is so unique. The food and the culture is so unique. And uh, especially just being, I think there's a lot less civilization there in general. So it's kind of cool. You're out in nature on your own for most of it. So, yeah, I quite enjoyed uh, all of Iceland. And uh, I'm sure we could have a whole podcast episode on probably just that country. Yeah. No, I was just going to say on Iceland, a lot of people don't know that back in the day, centuries ago, when the Baltic people uh, first found out and came upon Iceland uh, and how beautiful it was, they didn't want other people to know. So they gave Iceland the name Iceland, whereas Greenland, which is more like Iceland, they gave the name Greenland. So, you know, it's kind of an an interesting story behind the naming of those two countries, which are almost inversely named. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one more stat I do know about Iceland is that uh, it has the second largest Arctic fox population in the world. You know what the number one is? Canada. Canada. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Very interesting. So the 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 other two countries that stand out is and probably my favorite country. I've been fortunate enough to go twice is Rwanda. It's a very special country. You know, a lot of people associate it with the 1994 genocide, which is, you know, a big deal still to this day, not in terms of being a dangerous country. It's not dangerous at all. And it's an incredibly clean country. But seeing the mountain gorillas in Rwanda is a just an amazing experience they just when you're there they seem so close to us as humans um almost like six degrees of separation so that was a very fortunate be able to do that twice and then the women in rwanda they're not they're not particularly large women but they carry these potato sacks on their head you know up and down these hills while the the men are at the bottom of the hill with their bicycles to put the potato sacks on and it's it, the strength of these women is just, it, it's unbelievable. I tried to pick up the potato socks and could barely lift them off the ground. So mm-hmm. that stands out. And then the other one that always comes to mind is Croatia. You know, it's kind of a, a sister country in some respects to Italy, and everybody tends to focus on Italy. But Croatia has a number of beautiful islands, and the history of Dubrovnik and Split and Zatar and the other cities, it's, uh, you know, everybody that goes there just, just falls in love with Croatia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Croatia is definitely on my list right now as well. I have uh, some friends who are from there. Uh, I've seen a couple of pictures through their social media and just online, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. I can't wait to visit it. Those are three fairly different locales. Uh, how do you decide where to travel? Is it a timing thing? or? Well, it's a, it's a great question. Um, you know, we try to do a lot of the travel in kind of the spring and fall when the weather is, is decent but not not too hot or not too cold. Having said that, we went to Europe once for the Christmas markets in December, and it turned out to be a, a, a great trip with uh, very reasonable weather. You know, basically what we do is look at places that we haven't been and to try and experience new cultures. Uh, for instance, you know, high on the radar screen right now for me is the is Asia. I've only been to Japan and I've always wanted to go to the Cambodia and Vietnam and Laos and Thailand and those sort of places. So that's there. But I've really enjoyed traveling through um, through Africa and South America and there's so many more countries in, in both of those places to go. So mm-hmm. it, it is it is challenging to figure it out. But you know, you talk to other people and and see what their experiences are and build off of that. So it's not easy, but it's a it, it's a fun problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it seems daunting to me at this point in my life because I've been to I've been, I've been blessed to go to a number of different countries already. Um, I think I'm at about 12 or 14, but there's so many left that I want to go to and it almost seems daunting which one to go next and when's the right time to go so I can understand even though you've ticked off 
quite a few more countries than I have. There's still a lot left, and it's it's hard to pick. Yeah, it is, and that you know that's amazing at your age to having having done that many countries. That's similar to my my kids who are just slightly older than yourself. You know, the other thing is that uh, part of the challenge is that these places are great, and sometimes you you want to go back and spend more time because you're just kind of skipping from city to city or region to region. So it'd be nice to go back and plunk yourself down for a month somewhere and just really immerse yourself in the in the local culture. So that's that's something I hope to do going forward. Well, you speak of local culture, but uh, what about travel culture? Are you flying first class these days, or are you in business, or what's what's your preferred way of travel? Well, it's a it's an interesting question because I've I guess I have a bit of Scottish blood in me because up until recently, um, even on long flights like the thirteen and a half hours to New Zealand, we flew in economy, and that's that was a mistake, and it won't happen again. This last trip to Europe, we traveled business class with the pods and. You know, we got there, we had no jet lag going, we had no jet lag coming back, and it, you know, it saves you a day or two of uh, being disorientated when you're, when you're traveling. You know, it's, it's a high cost, but uh, as I tell people, it's, uh, we're just spending our kids' inheritance, so uh, <laughs> it's uh, maybe not a big deal at the end of the day. Well, you brought them along for some of the trips, so I'm, they can't be too upset, I'm sure. Very true, very true. <laughs> and then once you actually arrive at your destination, or I guess you must plan this out beforehand as well, but how do you determine where to stay um, when you go to these different locations? Is it different by location, or yeah, you know, um, typically we're in you know a lot of major major centers. But even when we're not, um, we've come to enjoy staying in the in the heart of the action. I think you get a real good feel for a, a city or a region when you're staying. You know, like if you're in Rome, right in the central part of Rome, or or any city for that matter. It just it's be nice to be able to walk out your door and have access to restaurants and historical buildings and and whatnot. So we generally stay in boutique hotels, which maybe goes against conventional wisdom for a couple of reasons. A lot of people like the chain hotels because you collect points. You know they typically have all the amenities, familiar surroundings. But you know we really like the uh, the boutique hotels where you just seem to get a a feel for that uh, local vibe. You know, usually they're they're very well appointed and well appointed in kind of the local traditional uh, architecture. Mm-hmm. Well, how many different uh, how many different kinds of of uh, hospitalities have you tried? Because uh, there's now a multitude. You know, you can Airbnb, you can go boutique hotel, you can do a hostel. Have you ever done a hostel? I don't think that I have done a hostel. I don't recall that. It's yeah, a fairly it newer venture, isn't it? It well, wasn't. I think it's been around for quite a while. Like oh, a lot it? of kids okay. have, have stayed in hostels, including my kids. And you know, it's a it's a cheap way to travel. I kind of feel that we're maybe beyond the the need to stay in a hostel. Mm-hmm. But to your point about Airbnbs, you know, they can be a great place to stay, especially when we have the family and you can get everybody in in one unit. What you do forego is the um, you know the having a concierge service and, and that sort of thing and other amenities that a regular hotel. So mm-hmm. generally, we don't do the Airbnb, but there are occasions where it where it makes sense to do it. And uh, you know, we've had some outstanding accommodations uh, using Airbnb. Oh, that's good to hear. So, what do you like to see and do when when you travel? I mean, we talked a little bit about. You like to experience the culture and, and the geography, the topography. Um, what is it that really gets at you? Maybe you can use a specific example of a place that you've been to uh, give the listeners a bit of an idea. Yeah, you know, I guess first of all, we're not huge church and museum fans. I mean, we mm-hmm. will 
you know, especially there was a place in Galway where our guys said you just have to see the church and it was unbelievable, you know, the architecture and the stained glass and whatnot. So it's not like we won't do churches and museums, but we'd like to be out seeing the, um, you know, the topography in particular that's so unique. And I'll, I'll, we'll give you some examples here in a minute. And then the architecture of cities and just really getting a, a feel for the, for the people, you know, sitting in a coffee shop, interacting with people, uh, you know, at restaurants or bars or whatever. And that's, I think that's the most uh, fun part of travel that we enjoy. I'm trying to think in terms of topography, there's so many examples, like we talked about Iceland, you know, mm. with, the, with the geysers and the waterfalls that are just unbelievable. Croatia with the, the islands and the uh, architecture and whatnot. It's, it's kind of interesting when I think of Croatia, I think of Dubrovnik and how popular it is. And I think of the giant causeway in Ireland and Skellig Islands, and it's kind of an interesting story because these places have become popular because of the Game of Thrones, which I've never uh-huh. watched, my family has. But, you know, you've gone from the giant causeway in Ireland that had, I don't know, I think they told us five buses a day 10 years ago or whatever to 40 to 50 buses a day now. So, you know, for better or for worse, it's interesting how, you know, certain TV shows can, can influence the the crowds in these places and you know where it starts to get around with places like Croatia that it is an interesting place to travel to and same thing with uh, with Africa you know to Kenya and Tanzania to see the safaris and mm. and whatnot those are are pretty special things so you know in some cases it's about the animals um, you know that's it's just so unique traveling to Africa to see all these things literally a, a hand distance away in some cases mm-hmm yeah, Africa is definitely one where not a lot of my peers seem to have it on their list, but the peers that I have that have gone can't speak highly enough of it. I mean, especially the safari experience seems to be something that's just so unique, so yeah. special. So that's all good to know, and uh, we're trying to keep these a little shorter. So why don't we just leave it for now with uh, how do you keep track of all your travels? Do you, do you write it all down, and is there somewhere that you share it your experiences with people yeah you know the best thing that i've done started uh, after i retired and transitioned in the life 3.0 was um just about four years ago or be four years this fall uh, i started my own blog theadventureblog.com and i really wish i'd done this a long time ago when i first started traveling because we summarize our travels in in bullet point form which is great to look back i mean it can be a week later and somebody goes what restaurant did you go to in uh, monaco and you're struggling to find the name and it's, it's been very valuable for other people who are traveling to the same regions to send the information to them about uh, you know how we got there where we stayed what we did you know I also add in and, and continue to add in if there's things that we didn't do for next time um, I have a section on that and you know if I'm talking to you today and you mentioned somewhat Iceland that we didn't do I'll go back into the blog and add that in so I have that record of it there for the next time that I travel there or somebody else travels there because you you know you never fit things in but it's, it's been a lot of fun to do the blog and uh I think people have found it a pretty valuable resource. Yeah, and that was, sorry, one more time, that was adventureblog.com? That's correct. Awesome. Well, I think it was great uh, that we got to sit down today and talk a little bit about this, get to know who you are a little bit more as a traveler and what your passions are when it comes to that field. And hopefully we can explore this a little more in the future and maybe talk about some of your favorite locations more in depth or favorite experiences. But yeah, That would be great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll have lots more uh, travel podcast because it's a, a never-ending journey absolutely well thanks so much ed and we'll uh we'll catch you all next time 
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Adventure Podcast. Make sure to check back for future episodes with special guests and more topics pertaining to experiences and passions we have in life. We'll see you on the next adventure.